No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Good afternoon and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It's Monday night and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, land brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here on Dealer. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I hope you had a lovely weekend because I certainly did. And as always, we've got so much to get through and so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to cast doubt over the election results, then you can do so by following me on Twitter. At Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen, what a show I've got lined up for you tonight, because I'm sure as you're fully aware, and you know, I care about my American brothers and sisters, I don't know if you know this or not, but I really do care about you, I, I love you America, and I only want what's best for you, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So, it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag tonight. I have some... Holy shit! My guinea, my guinea alerts didn't work? Oh, no! Holy shit! <laughs> Why didn't my fucking alerts work now? God, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Let me now see. This is going to distract me right out of the blocks. I'm going to have to... Because people deserve better. People deserve to have their little sound play when they donate the things. Otherwise, it's not, you know, it's not really the show, is it? Don't mind me, folks. It's the one time, the the one time that I don't do a pre-test of the alert sounds, and it doesn't work. <laughs> oh my goodness! And it looks—I I, I think actually it's not my fault this time. It looks like the site is down for some reason. Let me have another look here. Okay. Come on, come on. Here we go. Okay. Let's try this again, shall we? And nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No sounds, man. No sounds. Let me try one of these on. This is very entertaining. Very entertaining. This is the kind of professionalism that you expect on this show. I'm sure of it. Let's do this. Let's do one of them. Oh, look at me. Hello. Well, Streamlabs is working. I didn't know where to go to Panami Bugai. Here are some vampire jazz hands. <laughs> Thank you, Victor Von Shroom, ladies and gentlemen. DLive.tv slash The Victor Show. 
Thank you for that. I'll play that clip in a moment. Let's see if we can get this working first, though. Hey ya! Coffee talk with Sandra with the Ninja Gini. Thank you so much. Happy Monday. Let's get our boogie on. Let's get our boogie on indeed. Oh, I feel I feel so I feel that much better now. Thank you so much, Tyler. <laughs> Victor von Schroom said he Well, you know what? We may as well play the thing that Victor von Schroom said through, because why not? He always said the good stuff. What is this, Victor? I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you so much, Victor. (laughs) Once again, I have nothing to say to Victor except thank you, Victor. Thank you for the donation. (laughs) All right. We're back. We're rolling. Things are as they are supposed to be. So let's get into it. Like I was saying, I love you, America, and I only want what's best for you. And as I'm sure that you've been told over the last few days, it is now time to heal. Okay? It's time to sit down, get together, love one another, kumbaya, get some douchebag on a guitar in a college courtyard somewhere, strumming away, picking as though his life depended on it. It's time for everybody, you know, just get over that silly election. Just get over it. Move past it. It's time to heal. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the diamond. Tell Kitty she's naked on my front porch. Kitty, you're naked on her front porch. So it's it's time to heal. Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. Time for America to be healed. I'm sure that's a future MT 2024 campaign slogan ready to go right there. Heal America by launching its own nukes at itself. (laughs) People are like, no, no. Have you not figured this show out yet? (laughs) Come on. So it's a mixed bag tonight. I have a little bit of coronavirus Christmas for you. Yay! Something else is going to get ruined. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. Heal the heels. Heal these nuts if I were a guy. Don't worry. We're all going to be blue balling by the end of this. I have a little bit of coronavirus news. I have a little bit of media watchdoggery. I have some election news. But first, I do want to focus on it's time to heal, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to love this. As, As the Western world awoke to the news that apparently, allegedly, Joe Biden would be the next president, at least in the minds of millions of people and not in the minds of millions of others, but that's okay. That'll... That'll sort itself out in time. Uh, Democrats, Biden supporters took this message of healing to the next level. And sometimes the best way to heal is to abuse people on their own front porch. Have a look at this. (laughs) It might be a little hard to pick up in the audio. But thankfully, we have subtitles. So if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. There appears to be an older gentleman in what appears to be a reasonably nice-looking little neighbourhood, a quaint little town kind of vibe to it, maybe a bit of the suburbs. 
And he's standing on his porch while a, uh, it looks to be about 100 or so, 200 perhaps, I would call them peaceful protesters. They look like peaceful protesters to me. And of course, if you suggest otherwise, well, then you would be some kind of racist, wouldn't you? So a whole bunch of peaceful riders, protesters, standing up on this front guy's on this guy's front lawn, and he says, "There's my Biden sign. Don't destroy anything. Be peaceful." <laughs> Which is, of course, the elderly Biden voters' way of saying, "I'm on your side. I'm on your side." So let the healing begin. Be peaceful. He's he's waving his finger at them. <laughs> Look. Let's get this out of the way. Where I stand right, you know I'm a pretty pessimistic guy. I haven't hidden that on this show. Where I stand right now is um you know because people are like Trump is definitely going to win. The, the, the biggest part of me thinks that even if Donald Trump had compelling evidence, even if he did, part of me thinks that there is just no way that they're just going to let him be the president again, even if he has the evidence. I mean, I don't know what it is about the last four years that leads you to believe that having evidence is even good enough anymore, right? I mean, you can get a judge in Hawaii to strike down a presidential order unconstitutionally and everybody just acts like that's okay, that's normal. So that's where I'm at. I'm not saying never. I'm a never say never kind of a guy. I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'm happy to be proven wrong. But at the moment, that's probably where I'm leaning towards. Now, you have to look at the upside of these things. I'm going to present some things to you. Let's just say that Biden becomes the president in January. Hello, winning TV. Are we still trusting the plan? Germany and America come together on Thursdays. And by the way, MT2024, let's party till the nukes come. Let's party till the nukes come. (laughs) Winning TV, dlive.tv slash winning TV. Thank you for the the donation, winning TV. Phil D'Angelo, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays. So that's where I'm at at the moment. But there are going to be some upsides in the next four years. It took, ladies and gentlemen, it took literally 48 hours for the newly elected, quote unquote, newly elected left to start tearing itself apart again. Forty-eight hours. After 48 hours, they were already at each other's throats. If you think this is going to be like some kind of nice, smooth transition, like for Democrats, I don't know, I've got news for you. If you thought that you'd seen the end of investigations and people asking for reports and court cases and stuff, it's only just begun. We've only just begun. We've only just begun. No one cares about your white ass opinion. Thank you for voting. Thank you for getting rid of President Trump. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And in that moment, he realised his mistake. (laughs) He's on his own porch. He's 
begging this crowd to please not destroy his property. And he gets told, no one cares about your white ass opinion. (laughs) Oh, no. Granddad, what have you done? (laughs) Four more years, bitch. (laughs) Enjoy it. These are your people. This is your clan. This is your crew. This is your posse. This is your team. This is your side, and you're on, and you're not on it. I mean, how many times have we tried? To, how many times have we said on this show? You know, the people that go out of their way, and I've got an absolute ripper of a video to show you later on, which was on Australian TV, but about three days before the U.S. election, and they compare Republican women to Democrat women. And the insinuations and shit, we may get to it like in the second half of the show or maybe near towards the break. Stick around. You are going to fucking love it. It will float your boat. It will tickle your pickle. You have never seen anything like it. I promise you it's that good. But how long have we been saying these people are not on your side? <laughs> they don't even like you. They hate you. They want your stuff. Victor Von Schroom with the diamond. But there are whites in the crowd though. Yes, of course there but they're not on his side either. You see, their white-ass opinion is, I'll do whatever the black guy says. Because they're very progressive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Bro. Bro, did you think that bro, did you think that they were going to listen to you or something? In case you missed that quote, who do you think you are telling black people how to protest, you fucking white ass privilege old man? <laughs> remember remember two weeks ago how they cared so much about the elderly? <laughs> remember that? Donald Trump Donald Trump doesn't even care about the old people. <laughs> We need to protect the old people from coronavirus. Donald Trump doesn't even care about the elderly. He's losing the elderly vote. The elderly people stand behind Joe Biden. (laughs) Two days later, hundreds of them gather out the front of the homes of the elderly and tell them to shut their white-ass, cracker-asses, privilege asses up. (laughs) Get back inside, you stupid old man. (laughs) Oh, no. Granddad, what have you done? You deserve this. You earned this. This is what you wanted. You ask for a peaceful protest, that's white supremacy. (laughs) Where did they get this idea? Where did they get this idea that asking for a peaceful protest is white supremacy, I wonder? I, I don't know. I've got no idea where that came from. Just one of those things. He's a racist. Listen to him screaming. He's a racist. He's a white supremacist. (laughs) See, you might still be a little bit down about how things turned out last Tuesday. Am I not giving you cause for optimism? Am I not presenting you with hope here? Let's just say Biden takes the White House. 
He's he's already come out and said that he's going to push a a drastically progressive agenda, right? He's already said that. He's going to go full progress because he had no platform when he was running anyway. We know that about 50% of the Biden voters, according to exit polls, were actually voting against Trump and not for Biden, right? Imagine. you Just take your mind back to pre-Donald Trump, right? Take your mind back to like 2014, 2013, life before Trump. <clears throat> if Joe Biden ends up being inaugurated in January, then it'll, it'll be just like that again. And we will have fun because these people are fucking insane. And it's beautiful. I'm unironically looking forward to it now. Calling for a peaceful protest is white supremacy. Great, great. Bring it on. May I have may I have another? And see, this is the other thing too. They're going to do this every single election now, right? Because in their mind, it's justified. In their mind, it works. The rioting, the violence, the accusations, the slander. It all, for them, in their mind, it worked. They got the job done. So now they're justified in doing it. They're going to do it every single time. Old men on their own porches screaming, begging the crowd, please don't destroy anything. I voted for Biden. I'm on your side. Shut up, you white supremacist. (laughs) See, you don't have to fight them. You don't have to fight them. Winning TV with a diamond. Trump won because of 2013-2014, fools. Well... So you don't have to fight these people. You just have to accelerate the inevitable inevitable fight between themselves. And that's all you have to do. Just have to push it along. You just have to nudge them. You have to nudge them in the direction so they're facing each other. And then you can sit back and enjoy the fruits of your labour. Uh, here's another one because it's time to heal, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a shop window here with Biden-Harris signs, Black Lives Matter signs. So we've got Biden-Harris, Black Lives Matter, uh, Shemia. You know, it's a very pro-democratic uh, little building here with, in spray paint, written on the front of it, fuck all presidents. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Biden. Fuck Biden. We hate Biden. Fuck him. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive! What a thing they have created. Isn't it a thing of beauty? Wow, it was such a good idea to uh, give soft approval to these people and their anarchistic behaviours. You did the right thing, sir. Well done. (laughs) Congratulations, President Fuckwit. This is now your problem. <laughs> oh, boy. Remember, it's time to heal, guys. It's time to heal. This is healing. 
we've got rocks being thrown through windows. Wonderful. This is all part of the healing process. I'm not sure if you're aware of that or not. So I think this is like a Portland Democrat Party building. Ferox Under with the diamond. Remember, fun guys. I miss fun. Don't worry. We'll be having fun. Ben K Veritas with the diamond. He actually says I'm on your side in the last vid. Does he really? Does he say the actual line? That's beautiful. That's perfect. Uh, you've also got ACAB on the side of the building, which if you aren't aware, all cops are bastards. <laughs> it's, it's time to heal. It's time to come together and heal. Isn't it beautiful? And, you know, we've tried to tell them, haven't we? How long have we been trying to tell them? How long have we been trying to tell Democrats? How long have we been trying to tell the Joe Bidens and the Kamala Harrises of the world that the people who are out there on the streets throwing shit through windows... Holy shit! Holy shit! Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with the Ninja Gini. Thank you so much. Good evening, Boogers. Well, good evening to you too. Good evening to you too, Gypsy. We've been trying to tell them they hate you as well. They hate you too. See, the ones who are prepared to don the black and set fire to police cars and throw Molotov cocktails into police stations and government buildings... They see the system as the problem. They are against the system. And they see Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and the other Democrat establishment as part of that system. They hate you too. <laughs> and you know, if you thought that whacking a Joe Biden sign on your front lawn was going to save you, <laughs> I mean, you're dumber than dog shit, mate. They hate you too. Isn't it beautiful? A thing of beauty. It's time to heal, ladies and gentlemen. I've got more election stuff coming up in a little while, like I said, this video that you absolutely have to see. Before we do that, though, Christmas is just around the corner. And I came across these couple of little items here, which I thought you'd appreciate. We haven't touched on COVID in a while, but apparently it's still around for the time, for the time being. Anyway, just long enough to ruin the hopes and dreams of children all over the world because we've got to keep people safe. This comes from Canada. Will COVID-19 kill Christmas? I certainly hope so. Many Canadians will have pared down Christmas with less spending and entertaining. Roger Weeb of Edmonton and his wife are cancelling Christmas this year because they can't afford it. He looks like a weeb, doesn't he? That's Roger Weeb. Based COVID, says Jim Edward in the chat. <laughs> Weeb said he lost his job at a medical supply warehouse in June due to a COVID-19 related work slowdown. His wife, a legal assistant, lost her job in Feb. Neither has been able to land another job as the pandemic drags on and they're struggling. Well, we've got to keep people safe. Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. 
We can't afford presents or anything like that, said Weeb. We don't even think we're going to be in the mood to put up a tree or anything this year. Christmas is going to be just another day. Many other Canadians won't go as far as cancelling Christmas, but we'll have pared down celebrations this year as fears of the virus, physical gathering restrictions and a weakened economy put a damper on holidays plans. According to Deloitte Canada's annual holiday retail spending survey, which polled 1,000 Canadians in September, respondents said they expect to spend an average of $1,400 plus change during the holidays, down 18% from the previous year. It's a pretty big drop, said Marty Weintraub. Wein- Weintraub? Weber? When did all these Germans move to fucking Canada? When did that happen? National retail leader at Deloitte Canada, an accounting firm, he said concerns over the economy and warning consumer, uh, waning consumer, let's try that again, waning consumer confidence are inspiring Canadians to curtail their spending. Canada's economy was on its way to recovery in the summer when provinces eased their lockdowns and businesses reopened, but the second wave hit as COVID-19 infections spiked again, forcing some provinces to reintroduce lockdown measures. So let's have a look here. This is apparently Dr. Tam. Canada's apparently... This is Canada's Dr. Fauci. This is Dr. Tam. So let's see how the Canadian Fauci, uh, Ms. Fauci, Femme Fauci, let's see how she suggests you should you should spend your Christmas holiday. Let's have a look. Eventually. Anytime now. Well, I think we should celebrate all of those important events uh, as safe as possible. Wow. (laughs) As Canadian as maple syrup this week. I'm already convinced. Nobody with such a thick accent could ever be wrong. I think there's ways of celebrating. Um, all of those events, but we Uh do have to celebrate them differently. Differently. We we have to celebrate them differently. We. We do. (laughs) If I had sat you down at the end of 2018 and said, you know, at the end of 2020, uh, you know, health bureaucracies in the Western world would literally be writing rules to tell you how you can have Christmas dinner, you would have laughed at me. <laughs> Last days in the chat. Wisdom of the Orient. <laughs> you would have laughed at me. You would have said that's ridiculous. Government can't tell me how to do Christmas? Fuck the government. I do what I want. I've got guns, damn it. <laughs> Here we are. All the way to Christmas and probably beyond. We're working really hard. And probably beyond. (laughs) Christmas and beyond. Remember in February uh, this year how they said, uh, when they said, you know, this is probably going to last all of 2020. Do you remember when we laughed at them? And said, whatever. Yeah, right. Don't be crazy, bro. It's not going to last all year. Come on. Just a month and it'll be fine. Just follow the rules for a month. Stay inside for a month and do what you're told and everything will go away. Everything will go back to normal. We're now now talking about 
how people should be allowed to celebrate Christmas. On vaccines and new treatments. Uh-huh. But until then, you know, big parties are off. You know, these large gatherings are off. People need to keep. I think it's very easy for the people who would never get invited to a big party to say that big parties are off and, and laughing in your face while saying it, by the way. <laughs> Until we get a vaccine, <laughs> big parties are off. Sorry, 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 sweaty. No party for you. No big Christmas party for you, super spreader. <laughs> parties are off. <laughs> ben K. Veritas in the chat, this bitch. <laughs> treatments but until then you know big parties are off you know these large gatherings are off people need to keep their contacts as i said as as as, um small as possible right and if you do have do i need to make friends with a midget i'm only supposed to be friends with children i think uh, gatherings, observe all those different measures, even in private gatherings. Even, um, even that. in private gatherings. <laughs> private gatherings, big parties are off. No fun for no one. But, you know, if you're outside your household bubble, you got to respect physical distancing, masking making sure you know who it is attending because they may be high-risk persons. <sighs> I heard um, a story that I think it was Dr. Henry who um, pointed out this week that, you know, in a family gathering setting, someone did contract the virus who is at a higher risk and then died. You heard a story? <laughs> Don't you have clipboards and Bunsen burners and beakers full of fluid and lab coats and shit? Yeah, exactly. Henry in the chat. Oh, goody. An anecdote. Apparently, apparently Canada's top doctor, the evidence. You know how everyone cares about evidence right now? Everybody needs evidence. Show me the evidence. Where's the evidence? Everybody wants evidence. Apparently, the top doctor in Canada, as evidence, provides a story they heard from some other doctor where somebody went to a party who was at risk and died. (laughs) Trust the science, exactly. (laughs) I heard a story from a friend, yeah, a friend of a friend. So these stories are happening across the country. The top doctor in the country. (laughs) The top doctor. There's stories happening all over the place. Wow. Trust the science, guys. Trust the science. Well, it gets even better. Because down here in Australia, ladies and gentlemen, we're taking it one step further. I hope you're ready to embrace the absurd. This is peak 2020. Sit back, relax, and watch how we Australians are taking care of the coronavirus threat by challenging the idea. You know that time-honoured tradition of having your photo taken with Santa at the shopping mall? Remember that when you were a kid? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. 
have I got something special for you. Look at this special little day for the special little boys and girls who have been nice all year in lockdown, waiting for Christmas. They still get to meet Santa with conditions. He's still the man in the red suit, but we need to stay safe for Santa. Stay safe. Even his magic doesn't make him safe from coronavirus. Santa lands in most of our big... If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. But the children, the little ones, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, they're sitting on the opposite side of the room. <laughs> um, Santa? It, it is. It's a magical time of year, isn't it? Um, Santa, I would like a pony. What? Speak up, you little shit. I can't hear you over here. Mommy, mommy, I want to sit on Santa's lap. No, you're going to kill Santa. You'll kill Santa if you do that. You need to sit all the way over here. It's the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. If I'm walking around the supermarket and the shopping mall or whatever around Christmas time and I see this happening, I won't I won't be able to help but just chuckle to myself. <laughs> Stupid kids. Santa is high risk. <laughs> we We are so dumb. Shopping centers on Saturday uh-huh. and parents are being reminded of the new rules. The new the new rules. Gotta follow the rules. Parents are being reminded of the new rules. You know, I heard a story once that a Santa had a kid on his lap somewhere in the country and that Santa died. Someone told me about this story. you got to follow the science. Got to trust the scientists. All of our Santa photos are 100% booked online this year to avoid queue management. At Westfield. Rather than having it at portrait, it will be in landscape. And it's really just to ensure that the photographer can capture all the families, their pets, with Santa at a safe distance away. (laughs) I don't know. I wouldn't even mind so much if... They weren't trying so desperately to make it seem normal. That's the that's that's the thing that's insulting to me. And they're, they're smiling when they tell you this kind of stuff. Like, in isolation, kids not being allowed to sit on Santa's knee isn't really that big of a deal, right? But it's just the bullshit that I can't stand. Oh, landscape mode. Oh, and because we, we got to keep Santa safe. It's just... Uh, ugh. With touch-free experiences, touch, but we are being... Touch-free experiences. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's management speak. Got to trust the science. Promise the magic of the festive season will be a maze of excitement. The Brisbane <laughs> Council is working on final COVID-safe plans for the CBD. Good. And if a parade will take place... Oh, good. Cancel the parade too. That'd be good. But it's tight-lipped. It's like Christmas, Steve. you got to have the Christmas box at the end. Latest... Why are all of these dumb people making decisions? What happened? 
When did this happen? Council research shows that shoppers are returning to the city. Holy shit! Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. Follow Coffee Talk with Sandra, by the way. DLive.tv slash Coffee Talk with Sandra. I love touching Santa. There you go. Sandra, ladies and gentlemen. The centre. Foot traffic is at 80% of pre-COVID oh. levels. Oh. A good sign for Christmas retail. A good what sign. What we see with pedestrians coming back and walking through the malls is that support for our local economy and getting our local businesses to be able to keep their doors open. And Santa's message to the kids... While he may seem a little distant, mm -hmm. don't worry, he's listening. Well, I still have the opportunity to ask Santa for what they want. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, though, we can't always bring what they want. Christmas cheer to end this year. All is well that ends well. Do you want another positive? Do you want another positive coronavirus story, ladies and gentlemen? How about this one? So we've gone to the, we've gone to Canada to Australia, and now to the UK. And this is probably the best story I read all weekend. UK spent $1 billion of taxpayers' money to buy PPE and ventilators from China. <laughs> well, at least somebody's getting rich on this. You mean the China that, you know, started the uh, the thing? No, that's racist. Shut up, bigot. At the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak in the UK, hospitals and other healthcare providers suffered shortages of PPE equipment and had to resort to buying them from other countries. Now, new anal analysis revealed the huge amount spent to buy PPE supplies, including gowns, gloves, aprons from China. <laughs> We, we deserve everything that's coming to us. Among the PPE supplies received from China, there were also some ventilators from Wuhan. From Wuhan. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> this has to be a simulation, right? The latest analysis reveals nearly 90 contracts signed with Chinese firms have been made public, which are worth 900 million pounds. As more gets published, it believes the amount spent using taxpayers' money could pass 1 billion pounds. Guys and St. Thomas NHS Foundation reportedly spent 30 million pounds on ventilators, gloves, eye shields, goggles, and reusable respirators. Craig Tiedman of the Henry Jackson Society think tank said, Given China's role in the mass outbreak of this disease, many taxpayers will feel it to be a rum deal that Chinese firms stand to benefit to the tune of millions in government contracts. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God America elected Joe Biden, huh? Because he's got a COVID plan. He's going to address the COVID plan. I would, I would say prepare for this in your future. Prepare for billions of dollars of American taxpayer money to be going straight back over to China. Got to get those respirators. Got to get got to get the good stuff. CDC report. Officials knew coronavirus test was flawed, but released it anyway. <laughs> the hits keep coming.
Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. You know, you know, the thing I like most about the government is not only do we trust them to protect us, but they never get anything wrong. You know, I firmly believe in trust the scientists, and I tell everybody I know that they should trust the scientists too, because the scientists have only our best interests at heart. CDC report. Officials knew coronavirus test was flawed, but released it anyway. Let's have a little listen here. Pandemic, where the United States remains the world leader in cases and deaths. This election week, the U.S. surpassed 100,000 cases per day for the first time. Mm. And today we have more of the story of how we got here. An NPR investigation has revealed news of a failure of coronavirus testing. Early in the <laughs> pandemic, in February, a test designed by the Centers for Disease Control did not work which set back U.S. efforts. Now an internal investigation from the CDC obtained by NPR shows the microbiologists who produced that test knew it was flawed and sent it to the nation's labs anyway. <laughs> it's, all Donald, it's Donald Trump's fault, though. Imagine, imagine this moment in time that you live in, right? So the CDC, the people that... People tell you to that you need to trust, you need to do exactly what the CDC tells you, right? You need to trust the scientists, listen to the scientists, do what the CDC says. Okay, no problem, boss. Thank you very much. You do what the CDC says. It turns out that the CDC sent out flawed testing kits. They knew they were flawed, but they sent them out anyway. This is Donald Trump's fault. Well, I'm, I'm going to defeat the virus by defeating Donald Trump. Ben K. Veritas with a very good point. So journalism has the green light all of a sudden? Apparently so. Wait, here's NPR's Dina Temple Raston. The COVID tests arrived in New York City on a Friday in early February when there were just a handful of confirmed cases in the United States. Mm. It was a little box with a few little tiny screw cap test tubes in it. That's Jennifer Rakeman. She's the director and assistant commissioner of the New York City Public Health Laboratory. And she was one of the first people to learn that the COVID-19 test the CDC sent to labs around the country actually didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) You, you, You can't get any more 2020 than this. Cabaret to chat. Shh, boogie. The CDC could be a good friend to you. <laughs> Just a scientist. Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. <laughs> well, as you know, Joe Biden is going to save the world from coronavirus, apparently. <laughs> By listening to the CDC, who put out testing kits that don't fucking work. <laughs> oh, it's, like I said, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Just give it time. Let it t- give it time to settle in. You're gonna have fun with this. Trust me. You want people want to hear it again? All right, hang on. <laughs> okay. Produced that test, knew it was flawed, and sent it to the nation's labs anyway. Here's NPR's Dina Temple Raston. The COVID tests arrived in New York City on a Friday in early February, when there were just a handful of confirmed cases in the United States. It was a little box with a few little tiny screw cap tests. It was a little box with things on it. Tubes in it. 
That's Jennifer Rakeman. She's the director and assistant commissioner of the New York City Public Health Laboratory. She sounds smart. And she was one of the first people to learn that. She sounds smart, doesn't she? She sounds like the person you want to be, you know, in charge of the public health of the most populated, well, the second most populated city in the most powerful country on earth, doesn't she? (laughs) She's the director of the Public Health Authority in New York City. Uh, yeah, well, a little box turned up and it had like these little weird little test tubes in it. <laughs> yeah, a little thing came and it had like a little box with some test tubes. And like I was sticking it, I was, didn't know if I should swallow it or if I should throw it at the wall and see what happened. But then, then it turned out it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Hi, my name's Jennifer. I'm I'm in control of public health in New York City. What the hell is this thing? (laughs) I don't even know what this is. When there were just a handful of confirmed cases in the United States. It was a little box with a few little little tiny screw cap test tubes in it. That's Jennifer Rakeman. She's the director and assistant commissioner of the New York City Public Health Laboratory. And she was one of the first people to learn that the COVID-19 test the CDC sent to labs around the country actually didn't work. It became clear as soon as her lab technicians tried to verify the test. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff there. Congratulations, New York. Job well done. So uh, President-elect, apparently, allegedly Joe Biden, uh, the, the, this is when the fluff pieces start coming out, right? This I'm going to show you a few fluff pieces here. Like what a great person he is, what a great guy he is. His dogs are amazing. We're, we're right back to the dogs again. Remember how many videos were dedicated to talking about how fucking wonderful Barack Obama's dogs were? I, I have dogs. My dogs are pretty fucking wonderful too. But, you know, being a dog owner, do you know what I know? My dogs will never be as wonderful to everybody else as they are to me. And I hate it when people, you know, talk about their dogs. <laughs> because, like, okay, that's nice. You like your dog. But they're trying to turn these dogs into fucking celebrities. Like, that, you, you, he must be really lacking in any kind of policy or any kind of, you know, personality or anything. Look, at check out the dogs. But we'll get to all that. Uh, first, let's see how Joe Biden's going to save the world from coronavirus. Infection rates are going up. Hospitalizations are going up. Deaths are going up. And the tests don't work. (laughs) President-elect Joe Biden lays out the grim reality of the COVID challenge ahead as nearly a quarter of a million... If you want snarky reporting, by the way, the best place to go is the British. They do snarky better than just about anyone. A million Americans have lost their lives to the virus. Lost their lives. He used the first day of his transition government to announce a new COVID task force. Oh, good. (laughs) A task force. Everything is fixed. I've had people legitimately saying to me, like, no, he's got a plan. He's got a plan. I've spent years and years and years long before Donald Trump, right, when talking about government, mocking, mocking government, mocking people who believe in it because of shit like this. What do you do in government? You need to, what, what's the whole point of government, right? Is to look, it's far better to look like you're doing something than actually do something. So we announced a task force. Oh, good. And what does a task force do? I don't know. Talk about stuff. Task force. 
We, well, uh, in light of the recent developments, we have decided to put together a committee, and that committee will say, it's, oh, good, more talking. Talking, just more talking. Talking, 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 talking. We'll invite a couple of doctors from here and a couple of doctors from here, and they'll go and sit in a room somewhere, and they'll talk about stuff, but nothing will actually happen. But see, people don't believe in things actually happening anymore. They do tasks, Boogie, says the Hidden Hand podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they complete tasks. You know, I've been thinking about this over the weekend when I've been watching all of this fluff piece reporting and all of this praise of Joe Biden for saying empty, shallow political rhetoric, which I falsely assumed everybody had moved past about four or five years ago. I thought, this is it. This is it. People will no longer sit by and listen to this empty blather that politicians spew out daily, which is just a lot of words that don't mean anything. I And I was fucking wrong on that. Big time. You know, once upon a time, it was a journalist's job to cut through political rhetoric and cut through political speech, right? to disseminate political speech and bring the subtext to the surface, to cut through spin and tell you what they're really saying behind all the spin. Now, after four years of Trump, journalists actually demand that politicians give them the spin. Even though they know it's empty, even though they know it's shallow, they will go on panel shows on CNN and cry and 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 scream and demand that politicians give empty, meaningless speeches. It's bizarre. So let's carry on here. Wear a mask. And to make this plea to all. I won't be president until January 20th. But my message today is to everyone. It doesn't matter your party, your point of view. We can save tens of thousands of lives if everyone would just wear a mask for the next few months. Not Democrat or Republican lives, American lives. Yeah. If only the Trump administration gave... Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see you now. This, this chick on this British report is so snarky. <laughs> I almost tipped my hat to it. It's so snarky. You're going to love this. The same advice. Not a single person wearing a mask inside the White House <laughs> at 2am on Wednesday morning when the president emerged to declare prematurely that he'd won the election. Prematurely. Now two of his most senior officials, last week Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and today Ben Carson, both present that night, have tested positive for COVID-19. Mm. If you're just waking up, markets are reacting to news that Pfizer's COVID-19. Today, global stock markets cast virus gloom aside and instead soared on the news from the drug maker Pfizer that its COVID-19 vaccine had been proven in tests to be 90% effective. Woo! Vaccine! Woo! Wait, what? Oh, we like the vaccine now. Okay, got you. Donald Trump tweeted it was such great news, while Vice President Mike Pence tried to claim credit on the president's behalf, <laughs> saying the discovery was thanks to the public-private partnership forged by President Trump. But Pfizer responded that it had not been part of the scheme and hadn't received any money from the US government for its research. <laughs> Donald Trump was tweeting from inside the White House where he still hold up an... Ins- L- listen to our snarky, where he still hold up... <laughs> like, like he's Hitler in the bunker. ...that he won the election. 
He was briefly seen yesterday as he returned from a second day golfing and is reportedly planning to hold campaign-style rallies to drum up support in states where he believes a recount will declare him the victor. Meanwhile, the woman who runs the agency in charge of presidential transitions, a Trump appointee, was digging in too, so far refusing to sign the letter, allowing President-elect Joe Biden's team to formally begin its work. <laughs> they really are going all in. And, you know, if I was on the fence and didn't know, you know, election fraud and all of that stuff, Without saying that there was, without saying that the election result came down to fraud or it didn't, right? Without saying any of that. Ben K. Veritas with a diamond. So the numbers are inaccurate, but vaccine still. Yes, of course. We must have the vaccine. We've got to protect you. Thank you for keeping me safe. Without knowing any of that, right? If there was fraud, how would I expect people to act if there was fraud? Well, I would expect them to kind of try to rush through the process, right? If there was fraud, if I was committing fraud in an election sense, if I was committing election fraud, I would want to rush through the process so I can be verified before there's any chance of it being reversed. So I would go, you know, demand from the White House that they start signing documents to start signing over transition, get transitions going, make it official. Here, you need to sign this. And the person at the White House is probably like, well, actually, legally, I can't sign the transition document until it's confirmed. Doesn't matter. This is how you solve COVID. Okay, this is how you solve COVID from Minister Fun Kimmy. Thank you so much. Let's have a listen here. We set up a committee to discuss and interact. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! Coffee talk with Sandra. Dropping a guinea. You're too generous. You're being too generous. Thank you so much. Coffee talk with Sandra. (laughs) Is this the infinite wisdom of the elephants, the Baba? Okay, how do you solve COVID by Kimmy? Correct. Then authorise a study to investigate the facts. Then summarise the data to find out what we have to do. Get out all the files. We have work to do. We'll call in all the experts. To hear just what they say. Is there general agreement and consensus today? And then we'll take a survey to get the public point of view. With colour charts. Projector code. Little graphics too. And then we'll step it in. I mean, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> this this could be his platform. I don't think most people would even know the fucking difference, to be honest. How could she when the president's son is tweeting videos like these? Oh, Trump. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Listen that purport to show Trump ballots being deliberately set fire to. Got around 80. There's no proof that really happened, nor... Wait. So, did did they just literally say a video of somebody setting fire to Trump ballots 
They show the ballots. They show where Trump's name is marked. And then, and then the presenter says, there's no proof that that actually happened. <laughs> while, while the video is playing. <laughs> Holy shit, man. <laughs> it's, next le- it's next level. It's next level. What the fuck is going on here? Minister of Fun, Kimmy of the Diamond, you are not seeing what you, you're seeing. Exactly. People see what they want to see, apparently. You can hide your liners. Or any proof, officials say, that voter fraud took place at all. At all. But Donald Trump doesn't want to listen to them, nor <laughs> acknowledge the fact he's yesterday's man. <laughs> what a snarky cunt this woman is. <laughs> She, re- she really doesn't like him, does she? Officials say that voter fraud took place at all. But Donald Trump doesn't want to listen to them, nor acknowledge the fact he's yesterday's man who needs to move <laughs> over now and make room on the shelf for someone new. <laughs> here she is. Uh, Siobhan is with me now. It gets even better. Now here, um, Siobhan, what's the significance then of the termination of Secretary of Defence Esper? Well, Matt, this is all about revenge. Remember... Okay, okay, so uh, Trump today fired um, his Secretary of Defense, a guy named Mark Esper. I haven't seen any official reason given as to why that's the case. Okay. I haven't seen I haven't seen any, you know, reporting saying this is what happened, but she's got her own take on it. The woman who, while uh, you know, papers were burning on the video said there's no proof of papers being burnt. <laughs> this snarky little Brit. So have a listen to this. Have a listen to her explanation as to why Donald Trump fired his defence secretary. Termination of Secretary of Defence Esper. Well, Matt, this is... Because apparently it's about evidence, right? We care about evidence. All about revenge. It's all about revenge. Remember Mark Esper was the man who stood alongside Donald Trump here the day he held that Bible for that photo opportunity. Right here. here, When police had come earlier and removed Black Lives... Uh, matter protesters from here forcibly using tear gas. The president then later said that he would use military force if he... Tear gas? They use tear gas? Tear gas? How dare they use tear gas? You ask for a peaceful protest, that's white supremacy. Let's carry on. Needed to on demonstrators, and it was Mark Esper who told the president that he didn't agree with that move. Uh, hence, probably as part of a settling of scores, he's gone. <coughs> hence, probably, 
Probably. Probably. This is the news, ladies and gentlemen. This is real news. This is all about revenge. Remember Mark Esper was standing next to the president when he had his photo opportunity with the Bible when they fired tear gas at peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters, hence probably why he's been fired. Probably. Today, it is unprecedented nonetheless to remove your security chief during a delicate transition period such as this. Uh, Donald Trump, though, may have been aware that Mark Esper had already written his resignation letter and wanted to get in there first. In tr- <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is going to get fun. Uh, we're going to take a quick five-minute break here on the show, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, I'm going to give you cause for optimism. And I'm going to show you some of the most ridiculous, insane items that I've found over the weekend in regards to all of this. So stick around. You're on the Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. See you soon. Narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with the good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. I I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ! What are you fucking Asian dick crazy? You. Why do you have to ruin my evening? Like I, I was just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my buds do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do this. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian oh, come dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's not working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I oh, hate come on, you secretly guy. love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so. Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Aloha and welcome to Pirate Radio, Ladies of Liberty, the hot seat. Or maybe this is my daily traffic report. I don't know. As you can tell, I, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. 
I, I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person P-L-T-C-S. Aloha. Another ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good UK Neil over at DLive for the Great Awakening Show. That's over on DLive at DLive.tv stroke UK Neil. Get yourself out of that matrix and get over to the Great Awakening. This Justin, the global official that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Like I said, so much more to get through and so little time. A quick reminder, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter, patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Please, please, please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you would like to come together and heal. When I get that feeling, I need sexual healing. Sexual healing, ladies and gentlemen. We'll start by sniffing the back of your head, Biden style. Um, have you lost faith in the mainstream media? Have you lost faith in the mainstream media, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I'm here to reassure you via Twitter, via the good folks at CNN, a.k.a. Real News, that there's no need, there's no reason to feel as though you have no trust in the corporate media because trust is a very, very, very delicate thing. And once you lose it, it's very difficult to get it back. But here at CNN, we're doing our best to prove to you that we are trustworthy, that we are real news, that we are ready to achieve great things. I don't know who saw this. CNN, the, the communications department at CNN tweeted this video out over the weekend have a look at this fucking have a look at this stroke of genius from our good pals at cnn <laughs> the the piano music the black and white footy it's already starting <laughs> god even their pr is cliched sad piano music black and white footage how original original our trust has been broken 
in our leaders, in our institutions. And I mean, there'd be some people out there hanging on to this belief that CNN is not a propaganda enterprise. This this is the final nail in the coffin. This here. This is it for you. You're done. You are just confirming what everybody already knew. Now Now they're actually leaning into it. Our trust has been broken in our leaders, in our institutions, even with some of our friends. And we are hurting. (laughs) My God. Now more than ever, we need each other. Fuck. To listen, to learn from one another, to rebuild those bonds. (laughs) You broke them though. I mean, look, Don Lemon here. The President of the United States is racist. Everybody who supports him is a racist. Fuck you, America. I'm Don Lemon. It is, it is a hidden hand. It's a fucking Billy Joel song. I don't know. I'm old enough to be hurt. The closer you get to the fire, the more you get burned. But that won't tear us apart. It's always been a matter of heart. <laughs> I think that's the one. Fuck, it's just it's just shameless. It's in your face now, isn't it? From one another. To rebuild those bonds. Because. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. But on the screen right now. Remember, this is a CNN promo. You have a picture of what looks to be a law enforcement officer hugging a white law enforcement officer hugging a small black child. We love the police again. Wow. Bizarre, isn't it? Monica in the chat, pissing in our face. <laughs> It's always been a matter of trust. Holy shit. Minister of Fun Kimmy with a diamond. We really put them through a lot, didn't we? Oh, they're they're broken mentally. I mean, I've got the I've got the clip here of Van Jones bawling his eyes out on TV. I somebody who I actually respected before I saw that clip. No, I didn't agree with probably 99% of what Van Jones believes in politically. But you know me on this show. I've always said Van Jones is a smart guy and he's a savvy guy. You know, Van Jones was the only one on CNN who would praise Donald Trump for things like the Law Reform Act. He was the only one on CNN that would 
uh, during Trump's State of the Union address. Remember that? When they had the panel discussion, he was like, if Trump does that, he's going to win again. Like, that's good stuff right there. He knows what he's doing. He was, he was smart enough to know that you can't just be anti-Trump 100% of the time and retain your credibility. That's what I noticed about Van Jones. He knew the, the right time to, to cross the floor and go against the grain on his network. So I had respect for him in that because he was smart enough to, to notice those little moments. But then when I saw him bawling his eyes out like a baby, I was like, ooh. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I was like, oh, Vans. Van, what are you, what are you doing, Van? <laughs> Van, what are you doing? I was like, I, I have to go stand over here now. It was very disturbing. So we might, I might play that on Wednesday. Because trust shows that we believe in the good in each other. Wow. It's what makes us human. And when we trust... I mean, they're showing pictures of little kids getting their temperature checked, wearing masks and stuff. It's all great, isn't it? <laughs> we trust one another. Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper. is when we can truly achieve great things. Oh. To me, it's the most trusted name in news, CNN. <laughs> to me, this video is like a used car salesman. Like, you think about it, we're three days after the election. They have spent the last four years being vitriolic, hyperbolic, aggressive, extreme, the accusations, the slander, the violence. Remember all that shit? Oh, these are mostly peaceful protests. Don't be racist, yada, yada, yada. And again, I would say, like, I'm not saying that there's a fix. But if there was a fix, I would expect this exact thing from CNN. To say, hey, we, we, you can trust us. We're the good guys. It's all about bringing people together. We love, we love you. Everyone should work together now. Let's, let's heal. It's time to come together and heal. Hey, do we have a picture of a cop holding a black kid? Can we put that on? Yeah, we can put that in. Great. Can we squeeze that in there somehow? Let's squeeze the, uh, let's squeeze the Nazi pig holding the innocent little black child in between Wolf Blitzer and Chris Cuomo. Can we do that? Great. Thank you. Right? Wow. That, like everything else we refer to tonight, will be in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. Let me bring you to this, because I thought this was wonderful. Actually, we'll do this article first. My daughter's new friends and their parents are terribly racist, what should we do? This is one of those like ask auntie kind of columns. Asking for help. I'm asking for parenting advice. My husband and I moved to a new state about a year and a half ago. We live in an extremely white suburb that is surrounded by large non-white city. We wanted to live in the city, but the crime rate caused us to look elsewhere. <laughs> Do you think they know how dumb they are? Of 
course they don't. If they knew how dumb they are, they wouldn't be as dumb, would they? <laughs> Listen to this again. The beauty of this. My daughter's new friends and their parents are ter terribly racist. What should we do? My husband and I moved to a new state about a year and a half ago. Okay. Winning TV with the diamond. They can get some sheets and join in the fun. My husband and I moved to a new state about a year and a half ago. We live in an extremely white suburb. Remember, they're complaining about the racism of the people they live with. In this extremely white suburb, this they're, they're very terrified. They're shocked that all of their friends and their children, their friends' children are racist in this white suburb. We live in an extremely white suburb that is surrounded by a large non-white city. The very next sentence. We wanted to live in the city, but the crime rate caused us to look elsewhere. As a result, everyone in our neighbourhood is white. And what, there's no crime? <laughs> Unbelievable. The lack of self-reflection here, it's stark, isn't it? They're complaining about the racism of the suburb they live in, whilst admitting that they'd like to live in a city, but it's non-white and there's too much crime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Nazis. <laughs> there are eight other... I can't believe that somebody would actually put this on a piece of paper. and not. Did they not read it back to themselves? There are eight other children that live in our neighbourhood that are around my daughter's age. She's seven. The first few months were great, and she was constantly going over to the other kids' houses to play or inviting them here. She was a little socially behind in our last town, so I was happy she made friends. So it seems like the racist people in this very white suburb, which is surrounded by a non-white city, these very racist people, all white, living in this white suburb, the non-white city, which is apparently too crime-ridden for you to live in because you hate racism. It seems like you've moved there and they took you in. They made you feel welcome. The kids made your kid feel welcome. They invited her over. You even admit in the place that you used to live in that the kid had no friends. So you've been invited into this white suburb. All the kids are very friendly. They invite you over for play. They made friends with your daughter. Right? How awful. But then I started to notice that her friends were terribly racist. I'm not kidding. <laughs> the first few months were great. She was constantly going over to the other kids' houses to play or inviting them here. She was a little socially behind in our last town, so I was, I was happy she made friends. But then I started to notice that her friends, the other seven-year-olds... The other seven-year-olds are terribly racist. And after inviting the kids' parents over for dinner, the parents are racist too. <laughs> this it gets even better. It gets even better. Listen to this. Not just microaggressions or an off-color joke, which would be bad enough by itself, but just full-on blatant racism. 
even my husband, who is from a small town that still has clan activity, was shocked and appalled. <laughs> even my husband, the clan member, thought it was racist. <laughs> Listen to this cunt. <laughs> she, she, she didn't want to live in a city because it's non-white, and in her words, the crime rate was too high. She's so concerned. She thinks microaggressions and off-color jokes are bad enough by itself. She married somebody who grew up in a clan town. You cannot make this shit up. <laughs> her husband is a clan clansman. Full-on racism. Listen to this. This poor fucking kid. Quote, I don't want my daughter spending time with these children. When the pandemic happened, we didn't have to worry about it too much because no one was seeing anyone. But the neighbourhood kids have started spending time together again and my daughter has been asking to go outside and play. The kids have also come and knocked on the door a few times asking for my daughter, but I made up an excuse. So the first time your daughter has real friends in her life and you're going to deny her from playing with them. Oh, you're a great mum. What a mother. Mother of the fucking year over here. Remember, she accused the seven-year-olds of being racist. She's an unhinged fucking lunatic. Talk about healing, huh? Talk about coming together. On the one hand, I don't want to deprive my daughter of friends. She goes to an extremely small magnet school and isn't really fitting in there, not to mention her classmates live 30 plus minutes away. On the other hand, I don't want her to befriend racists. My daughter recently told me she has been feeling left out. What do I do? The best part is the advice that she's given. The advice, the parenting advice she's given. Listen to this. Quote, cut those monsters off for good. <clears throat> those little monsters. Those little seven-year-old girl monster, those racist monsters. <laughs> Cut those monsters off for good. This sucks for your daughter, but the refusal of white families to suffer the discomfort of staying distant from racist neighbours and relatives is part of the reason racism isn't going anywhere anytime soon. The woman who wrote the fucking letter the woman who wrote the letter, who is so concerned about racism, herself said that she would like to live in the city, but it's non-white and there's too much crime there. So she moved to the white suburb. The people in the white suburb befriended her little kid and even her, despite her apparently being a fucking idiot. They, you know what? We'll make friends with the new people. Her husband, the Klansman... <laughs> said that they were too racist even for him and now she's depriving her daughter of the only friends she has <laughs> fucking hell 
There are penalties for those of us, the answer continues, who are targeted for those who try to avoid or call out the racists, but hardly enough for those who actually willfully choose to engage in bigotry. You can use the pandemic as an excuse if you don't feel comfortable explaining to parents that you don't watch. So she's actually, the advice is lie to your neighbours. Lie to them. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. You can use the pandemic as an excuse if you don't feel comfortable explaining to parents that you don't want your child exposed to certain attitudes. And after a while, they are likely to either get the hint or just give up on trying to get your kid to the junior clan rally at the park. The junior clan rally. And you wonder why people don't like you. You people have the fucking audacity to wonder why nobody likes you. So with that, I want to show you this little presentation. This was on Australian taxpayer-funded news, ladies and gentlemen, in the lead-up to the election, maybe a couple of days before, talking about suburban women. You're going to love this because it follows right on the same track. So I guess they present like the two extremes, the the Republican women versus the progressive women and talking about what their hopes, their dreams, their desires are in a new president. So let's have a look at how this was reported. Check it out. Suburban women shocked America when more than half of them voted for Donald Trump. They they shocked America. (laughs) They shocked them. How, How dare you? over the first female presidential candidate, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, it's almost as if not all women think that just having a vagina is a good reason to vote for someone. Isn't that weird? Shocking, even. But but you have a vagina, and this candidate has a vagina. Surely you have to vote with your vagina. You mean you didn't vote for that cunt? (laughs) This is shocking. Donald Trump needs them again, but all indicators suggest they're turning away. While 47% voted for him in 2016 in the midterm election two years ago, 52% voted for the Democrats. One recent poll showed Donald Trump is trailing Joe Biden by more than 20 points in battleground states. You know, we've been talking about the polls and the alleged rigging and stuff. Here's another thing that just occurred to me. I'm not saying that the election was rigged and I'm not saying it wasn't. But if I was going to rig an election, I would put the polls, I would make the polls far bigger than what they actually are. You know why? Because then when we win these swing states by 1%, I would take the hit of, hey, we got it wrong. If we rigged it, how come we got the polling so wrong? We were way off. We still won, but we got it wrong. So I guess we, we're going to have to admit to the fact that, we, you know, we have to look at our polling data. We got the polling wrong, but we chose the winner, right? If I was going to rig it, that's what I would do. 
because you can't rig it by saying that it's a close it's a close call, right? You can't rig it by saying that Donald Trump is in front. You have to make out that Biden was in front all along, comfortably. North America correspondent Catherine Diss reports from the suburbs of one crucial state, North Carolina. Ready? Target practice hasn't always... So, here's the Republican woman. Remember, they're presenting a contrast for you. White suburban women. Here's the Republican. Grizzly, (laughs) portly and handling a firearm. It's been one of Sylvia Hahn's weekend hobbies. Sturdy. But shaken by recent unrest, she bought her first gun three months ago at age 61. Good order. For um, protect- Gun-toting grandma. Mainly, um, I've been keeping on top of all the current events and um, it's just, we're kind of in a time right now that I've never seen before. Rifle or handgun? And for extra peace of mind, she got a license to carry her weapon concealed in public. You never know what you're going to encounter. So obviously, you can see what we're presenting here already, right? Obviously, Republican women are gun-toting lunatics. Republican women are gun-toting, conspiracy theorist, racist lunatics, obviously. If you decide to conceal and carry, but at least I can be prepared if I choose to do so. In the suburban streets of North Carolina, Sylvia and her husband, Jim, are part of a growing tide of residents arming up. Gun sales here are up 60% on the same time last year. Well, those taking classes learning... God, I bet she's really uncomfortable just being in a gun shop. (laughs) You know what I mean? I bet she's fucking terrified just standing in there. How to use a weapon has jumped too far. People in the chat are like, that's a gorgeous neighbourhood. It's a great neighbourhood. Yeah, it does look very nice, doesn't it? Must be racist. (laughs) My daughter's new friends and their parents are terribly racist. What should we do? My husband and I moved to a new state about a year and a half ago. We live in an extremely white suburb that is surrounded by a large non-white city. We wanted to live in a city, but the crime rate caused us to look elsewhere. How do I stop my kid from falling in love with racists? <laughs> and her husband, Jim, are part Jimbo. of a growing tide of residents arming up. Arming up. Gun sales here are up 60% on the same time last year. Mm-hmm. Well, those taking classes learning how to use a weapon has yep. jumped twofold. Really? Why? Customers are telling the gun shop they're concerned about their safety oh. amid unrest in the country. Why would that be the case? But that's but they're peaceful protests. Why would you be concerned about your safety? Everybody knows that there's nothing to see here. Everyone knows it's a peaceful protest. Stop being a fucking conspiracy theorist. Come on. It's time to heal. Trisha Sisson owns the gun shop in the affluent suburbs north of Charlotte. The affluent suburbs north of Charlotte. The state's largest city. We are uh, seeing more and more women coming in, um, trying to learn, you know, what what are the procedures? What do I need to do? How do I need to learn? How do I need to protect myself? What's the right firearm for me to protect my family? 
Trisha says she voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and will be backing him again this year. Why? Why? He's he's such a racist, though. Do you think that the the messaging on... <laughs> Kitty V in the chat. Her daughter is going to go back to her dad's hometown and marry the biggest clan member. <laughs> She's going to be at all those clan keggers. Lighting, lighting her joint off the burning cross. So proud of my little girl. On Law and Order was the right message to come from the White House. Yes, um, from, from the people that I talk to, absolutely. They, they value the work that our police departments do. And um, our citizens rely on those folks. So, yeah, I think it was the right message. <laughs> Minister of Fun, Kimmy in the chat. The protests are peaceful, but boy, you should see the violent people that attend them. <laughs> well done. Very good. You should be working for CNN. A message Donald Trump's been taking to the suburbs. Here we go. But polls suggest it's failing to resonate with women more broadly. And he knows just how crucial they are. Suburban, Suburban women, women, would you please, please like vote me. for me? Would you please like me? Please. I saved your damn neighborhood, okay? <laughs> His messaging is just dividing it more. And okay, now here's the contrast. Let's play a little game. Let's play a little game here on the Daily Boogie. Now, this is the contrasting vote. <laughs> what? Do, how about this? Put in the chat some of the things that you think this lovely young lady may believe in. I'll give you a minute. Let's let's see how many you get. What what are her policy positions? What are the things she cares about? Last days, anal sex, cat hygiene. <laughs> Climate change, yes. 18 volt dildos. Inclusion, LBGTQ rights, equality, abortion, yes, yes, yes. BLM, yes. Okay. Now, remember the article we just read about the woman who's concerned that her daughter is going to be racist because they moved to an all-white suburb and the big city that surrounds the suburb has too much crime because it's non-white, apparently. Her words, not mine. Her words. You know how people often talk about, like, all of the people who leave California or leave progressive states or progressive cities and move to non-progressive states and non-progressive cities and then bring their beliefs with them, right? You know... You would you would be forgiven for thinking that that was a meme, I think. Like, I would understand if you were like, nah, that's a meme. That doesn't really happen. Well, enjoy. Okay. His messaging is just dividing it more, and predominantly it's been around black Americans, and that's my husband. So I see you saying something that could endanger my husband. The, the beautiful part about all this is the far right hate Donald Trump because he's too nice to black people.
They hate Trump because he's done too much for black people and not enough for white people. And this just goes to show, like, the pointlessness of it. <laughs> because in their mind still, he's putting my husband at risk. Fat Bink in the chat. I was close. I said her black boyfriend. <laughs> Gets my better. family. Let's go find Branch. Elisa Webb and her young family are among those changing the face of suburban America. They moved from the democratic city of Charlotte to the traditionally Republican-held suburb belt, bringing with them their liberal views. Look at this. Look at this little sign that she's put up on her front lawn. Okay. Suburb belt bringing with them their in this house we believe black lives matter women's rights are human rights no human is illegal science is real love is love and kindness is everything imagine being so bland and so shallow and so one dimensional that your the entirety of your political belief system can be summed up on one fucking sign and you're so proud of this one-dimensional slogan-based belief system that you stick it right there on your front lawn. You can't wait. Everybody needs to know what you think about things. You can't wait. Because this, because these slogans are her identity. That's all she has. Kitty B, you know she calls her husband the N-word when they argue. <laughs> Their liberal views. Honestly, it was one of my hesitations of moving in because we have a mixed family, a mixed race family. I didn't want to bring the girls into uh, an environment that would, you know, be harmful to them or if not accept it, you know, if people didn't accept them. But you did it anyway, didn't you? <laughs> she was apprehensive about moving into this suburb because apparently it's a Republican suburb and her, you know, half black children, they might be they might be harmed, you know? Everybody's a racist out here in the suburbs, apparently. Everybody's a racist here in this Republican suburb. Exactly, Lady of Diamonds Gypsy, she's a judgmental asshole. Exactly. Have a listen to this. So I was a little worried about that, but then I've seen, it's like most people have come from the city and from you know the city, Charlotte's definitely been more blue. So I feel like the blue is like coming out of the city into the suburbs. <laughs> what a bitch. You know why this made me laugh? Have a listen to it one more time. Listen to this rationale. And this just this just sums up the mindset of these people perfectly, I think. There's never any self-reflection. Like that article we just read before. Have a listen one more time. I've seen, it's like most people have come. Honestly, it was one of my hesitations of moving in because we have a mixed family, a mixed race family. But I didn't want to bring the girls into uh, an environment that would, you know, be harmful to them or if 
accept not that? accepted, you know, people didn't accept them. So I was a little worried about that, but then I've seen, it's like most people have come from the city and from you know the city, Charlotte's definitely been more blue. So I feel like the blue is like coming out of the city into the suburbs. Okay, so it's not a red suburb then. Right? Here's what happened. She wanted to move out of Charlottesville and she wanted to move into this neighborhood, this nice neighborhood. She was worried that because she comes from a mixed race family and her kids are mixed race, that she would move to this Republican district and everybody would be racist and nasty and, you know, her kids would be harmed and put at risk by everybody's racism, right? That didn't happen. It didn't happen. So instead of crediting the people, instead of, you know, coming to a realization, oh shit, maybe I've been swallowing bullshit all this time. Maybe I've been swallowing this big city liberal propaganda thinking that, uh, you know, suburbs like this, which vote Republican are just full of clan members and everybody's out to get my kids and they all hate the black people, right? Instead of addressing that fundamental uh, problem, no, 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 she doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. Instead, she says, oh, well, it must be that all the liberals moved here too. She knows it's a Republican district. She was scared that because she's moving to a Republican district, people are going to be racist to her kids. Nobody was racist to her kids. So in her brain, that means that the Republican district is full of liberals. What a fucking loon. So she still thinks that uh, this district is full of racists, but she also thinks that the only reason that her kids haven't been attacked for being half black is because the people from Charlotte, the, the liberals are moving in. These people are unhinged. Unfucking hinged. And <laughs> they have to maintain their belief system. You know, I don't want to go all Yuri Bezmenov on you, right? But there's a great line that Yuri Bezmenov talks about. He's like, even if you show them genuine information, they will refuse to believe it. You cannot convince them. Once you, once people have been programmed to react to certain stimuli, once they have been propagandized to a certain level, even you can put genuine information directly in front of them and they will just refuse to believe it. And here she was thinking that, I'm a liberal and moving to this Republican district, uh, my kids are going to be attacked and it's full of racist. That didn't happen. So in her brain, in order to maintain the belief that the Republican district is full of racists who attack her children, she then transposes the liberals from the place she left into the place which is Republican. Pavlovian, exactly. See, and this is the point, right? They can talk about unity and they can talk about healing. And they might even think that they mean it. They might even believe that they mean it when they say it's time to come together and it's time to be unified and it's time to heal. But their belief system will not allow them to live it. 
Because if you can have a situation where you're scared of moving to a Republican district because of racist attacks and the the racist attacks don't happen, and then you construct a new reality, well, that must mean that the Republican district is full of liberals. And that makes sense to you, that double think, then there is no unity because nothing you can do, this is the point, nothing you can do is ever going to convince somebody like this. Nothing you do is ever going to make her view you as anything other than a dangerous racist. Even if you do the exact opposite, it will it will not stop. You can be nice and bake cookies and cupcakes and go over there and invite their kids over. Holy shit! Coffee talk with Sandra with the Ninja Gini. Thank you so much. They are so full of shit, they don't even know it. They don't. They do not. They don't even know it. You could go out of your way to make them feel welcome, like the article we just read before, the the parents inviting the new girl over. Hey, make friends with the new girl. Make her comfortable. Be friends with the new girl. Go Go and ask little Sally if she wants to come out and play. She's probably very lonely. She just moved here from the city. Be nice. You can go out of your way to make people welcome and not attack them and make them feel comfortable and they will still maintain in their brain that you're a dangerous racist prick and there's nothing you can do to change it. Even when all the available information points to the contrary, they will just construct a new reality to suit them. And now you have a situation where this liberal is living in a Republican district whilst understanding that it's a Republican district, thinking that it's actually full of liberals, which is the only reason her kids haven't been attacked for being half black. How many millions of people have been mind fucked into this? Into this sad display of humanity? How many millions? Who knows? But, oh, unity and healing. Unity and healing to people like this means do what I say and shut the fuck up. That's what they mean by unity. They only want you, they only care about unity when they're in charge. And if reality is too confronting. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub. And if reality contradicts their belief system, they'll just make up a new one. So how how the hell are you supposed to heal that? How are you supposed to convince that? You can't. I forget who said it. One of the founders. Winning TV with a diamond. They are all a bunch of friggin' cunt. You're a fucking fucking cunt rag. Bill de Blasio, you're a fucking cunt rag. I forget who said it. It was one of the founders who said something like, you can't reason somebody, was it one of the founders? Maybe it was Thomas Paine. I'm not sure. It was either Jefferson or Paine. It was one of the Thomases. It might have been Thomas Murphy. Who knows? You can't reason somebody out of an opinion that they haven't reasoned themselves into. You know, she didn't reason, she didn't have a logical reason for believing this shit 
that she lives in a Republican district, which is in actuality full of liberals because that's the only reason that her kids aren't getting chased down the street by Klan members. She didn't reason herself into that. So you're not going to be able to talk her out of it. This is a person with a broken brain. And I suspect that there are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions just like her. And these people vote. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of tonight's edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everybody who contributed tonight on DLive. Very generous of you. Let me open up that chest for y'all right now. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me uh, that my mulatto children (laughs) will be attacked by living in a Republican district, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Don't forget to follow all of our friends Coffee Talk with Sandra, Irrational Times, everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh, JJ Stoner, Joy of Pessy, Sunday Night Shit Show, uh, Major Tom, at Real Person PLTCS, Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen, Iceman4433, Why Censored Kimmy, UK Neil, Char Money, and anyone else I might have forgot. Until Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.